The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only fullback appreciation podcast. Woo-hoo! That one might actually be true. I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual. A um, few things to talk about. As no, we are not recording earlier now because of this week's game specifically. Um, it, it is a happy. It, 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 it did work out weird. Base, it does. Look, it's a happy coincidence. It does. This kind of does have like emergency pod feels that we're recording the day after. Or two days after, I guess, the riders completely shit the bed and may have cost them anything in terms of the goodwill they have may have built at this point during the season. But anyway, yes. uh, that is not the case. Uh, we will be generally probably recording on Sundays for the rest of the season now due to life. Um, <laughs> to put it that way. Actually, mostly uh, mostly life, but let's be honest, it's because of curling. And mm. because you and I, as we uh, as we do every winter, both begin our curling seasons here. I start mine on Tuesday, uh, and you start yours the following Monday. So, uh, yeah, we'll be drinking beers and throwing rocks uh, during normal record nights. But uh, I do like getting out ahead of everybody, because I feel like our listenings, listeners might go from seven to like maybe nine tonight. It's possible. Um, I was looking around the back end, sort of where like our host site on Saturday morning and on Sunday morning. Yeah. I think it was Saturday morning even. And there was like a weird spike in listens, even though we hadn't really recorded anything in like a week. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, that's weird. but anyway, like it wasn't anything. It was huh. a huge number of audience search imagination, but it was still like a weird sort of bump considering the timing coincidence maybe i don't know but it it happened um so yeah we do have a lot to talk about uh on that football game and uh basically the gist of the conversation is how deep should the changes be coming to the saskatchewan rough riders i think that's a fair conversation to have at this point so we will have that conversation before though um there was always there's always fun in the world of football and today sunday september 24th uh we witnessed something in the afternoon that I can't really remember seeing in my lifetime that I can remember. Um, and that is the Houston Texans of all teams doing something yes. fun. It was not surprisingly against the Jacksonville Jaguars, despite their in general improved nature of late. Uh, they are still the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, there was sort of a muffed kick return that Houston kind of blew up. And then what happened was the fullback took it all the way to the house for a touchdown. And yeah, that's, yeah, it, that's they were trying to. That's the pure kind of chaos we're here for. Well, well, well I was watching on Red Zone today. Uh, by the way, Scott Hansen, greatest broadcaster in, in in football these days. Like how that man keeps going, keeps that energy level going for eight hours of commercial free football is just incredible. Um, yeah, so 
I don't know what Jacksonville was doing, but they were like trying to sky it to one of the upbacks, hoping that maybe he would like fumble it. And it's funny because the fullback <laughs> grabs it, does. Yeah. Mission accomplished. He fumbled it. Too bad he also yeah. picked the damn ball up, found the sideline, and ran all the way up the field. And, like, uh, you know, I, I love, and you and I have talked about our, our love of big man touchdowns. Like, when the all O lineman reports is eligible or get a D lineman in the backfield, we just love the big guys getting this, getting the spotlight. But, like, this is a big man running 70 yards in full tilt mm-hmm. and beating the entire Jacksonville Jaguars special teams covers team. Yeah, like this wasn't like was big like, man that was hard to take down. This he didn't out muscle basically anyone. He just actually no. ran past everyone. It was it's it's incredible. <laughs> like 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 I always say like when I'm playing slow pitcher or back in my touch football days, I am deceptively fast for a fat guy, and I very much saw that same energy. But like from from this very large fullback, and uh, the best part was. I was sitting there on my couch and I was watching Red Zone and I'm texting you as it's happening. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, full back, full back, hang on. I think it and took you like, like three attempts to like actually get everything in there that you wanted. It actually did. There are three texts <laughs> to finally say fullback kickoff return touchdown. I think the first one was fullback touchdown, fullback kickoff return, fullback kickoff return touchdown, exclamation points. Yes, and that's pretty much our one to the bird to go find the video of it. So, uh, yeah, chaotic, stupid day in the NFL, kind of taking one from the uh, from the CFL. And uh, not like somebody hanging a 70 burger today, too. <sighs> yeah, nothing like seeing like... a college football score on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> 70 to 20? Like, that was oh. absurd. But now I will admit, if I am Miami Dolphins kicker Jason Sanders... Mm-hmm. And you essentially get your tenth touchdown of the game because they couldn't stop you just trying to run out the clock. They couldn't stop like your seventeenth string running back. I missed that extra point on purpose because I am a, a, I am not a grown up. Let's I think we've talked it. about I'm, this before. I... Like I believe I don't remember if it was a college game or if it was an, it must have been a college game where I believe the kicker was a game. did miss the extra point on the seventieth point. Of a game, and I believe yes. we talked about whether it was on purpose or not. And at the college level with their it, kickers, it you never really know. In the NFL level, it would 100% be on purpose. Especially given, especially well, yeah, especially considering he made the previous eight of them, nine of them, right? So, <laughs> I know, I know, we are the farthest thing ever from a fantasy football <laughs> podcast, but uh, going up against him and seeing ten points for uh, uh, somebody's kicker. From ten extra points is something I've never seen in my many years of fantasy football. Like, like if you thought the Banjo Bowl was bad, like Oof. that Oof. was like that yeah. was worse somehow. Yeah, like that's week two in like a weird game between two teams that have absolutely no history in a sort of normal environment that never should have led to this. Like, you know, in the like in the NFL, when a new coach takes over, things kind of take time to get going. Um, yes. But that's not a good look for Sean Payton to have his team fooled like that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, especially, too, against, uh, you know, Denver Broncos legend uh, Mike McDaniel, the former ball boy of the team, who uh, I love how, like, is there anybody that's had a b- bigger glow up than him? Like, no. if you see him when he was a kid, he was kind of weird looking. And then, like, all of us in the early 2000s got really into frosted tips and puka shell necklaces. Um, but now, like, dude's a certified man rocket. Yeah. And, I mean, his promo with uh, 
his promo appearance in those uh, Peyton and Eli uh, like uh, things looking for a co-host is pretty good too. I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> oh, I did. I I, I love uh, the fact the fact that TSN like TSN has done some some bad things with football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they have moved the Manning cast to TSN Plus is absolute bullshit, and it bothers me. I sp- I spend enough per year on watching all of the football I possibly can. Yeah, well, luckily there are ways that we do not endorse uh, for watching broadcasts that are not available to you. <clears throat> oh, I'm a pirate. <laughs> it's the pirate's life for me. So I guess the good news for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is that they did not give up 70 points to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, they may as well have, though. <laughs> my God. I would have rather I would have rather seen just Ottawa somehow go into Death Star mode for the first time ever than whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in sort of the direction of the franchise and a little bit more. Uh, but as usual, for before we get into all that, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, uh, what is in the glass this week? Uh, Joel, we have a second straight or like seventh straight uh, double fisting at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, I think that's just the new normal, uh, isn't it? It really is. I think more I, often I, than not, it's the new like, normal. Well, well, it is the new normal, especially since Lucky Bastard came on board. And two, since I moved my desk far away enough from my beer fridge that I can't just like kind of carry my laptop and grab a second beer, so I just I just double fist it now. But uh, especially thanks to shady door-to-door salespeople trying to take advantage of my in-laws uh, and uh, people thinking the Saskatchewan Rush are actually going to move to Manitoba. <laughs> what? I have dealt are, with are, they, are they taking the blades and the berries with them? I, I guess so. I, I just fucking replace replace the gold eyes because here come the berries. Like, I, I know we get a little bit of crossover listens because of my lacrosse background. <laughs> I can tell you, the rush are not moving. Like that is the I, I know. That's and, what a team propaganda would say. <laughs> hey, technically, I'm still a free agent. I haven't resigned yet. I just plan on doing it right away. Um. My agent, which uh, in my latest uh, conversation with Mock Fake Gainer, I've designated as you, uh, needs to you know get on with the Rush people. But no, the Rush are not moving. Like, I guess it's because they switched to this like sweet Bison logo, which amazing, ten out of ten, incredible. Um, people think they're becoming Manitoban, but like, no, it's not happening. So between that and shady door-to-door salespeople, long story short, I'm drinking both again at Gambit Gin. And a pile of bones, white IPA, and I'm feeling violent and spicy tonight, Joel Gasson. And I, I don't mean in a contrived, like, time for Fraser's rant kind of way. I kind of got a chip on my shoulder tonight. Hmm. It's because no one believed in you. It's, it's John versus the world, right? <laughs> hey, for a dumbass kid from middle of nowhere, northern Ontario, <laughs> to turn into a relatively successful broadcaster, uh, there there wasn't a lot of belief. But, uh, hey, we've pulled it off, Team Fraser. Mm-hmm. And that, and as as an aside, that was not a long story short. It was, I wouldn't say it was a long story, but it was definitely not made short. Um. <laughs> by by my by my standards, by my standards and my stories, it was kind of short. Mm. If we're great, we got a grade on a scale here, gas. Okay, fair enough. Uh, for me, I have decided to mix it up a bit tonight. I am having. Uh, the zero sugar Saskatoon berry iced tea from our friends at the Lucky oh, Bastard so Distillery good. Company extravaganza incorporated so, so now now people but now people will read into it because we said the berries and the rush aren't moving but you're drinking a saskatoon berry mm. boom 
team moving hashtag confirmed right here. Yes, you heard it here last. <laughs> All seven of you. <laughs> or you said maybe nine this week. We'll see. We'll we'll see what well, happens because I... because sometimes as we've seen in the past, uh, last year especially, the numbers do tend to spike around this time of year when things are going poorly. Yes, yes. I, I think it's well, fair. and also when we yeah. move because I mean the summer people are kind of busy when we and whatnot. Move to Sunday too. Yes. I think yeah. th- through the summer, people are kind of busy and whatever happens. And then, you know, you kind of get into the fall mood and then, you know, football weather hits and you kind of get into it. And two years in a row, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have decided that's when they're going to start playing their absolute worst football. <laughs> and we saw it again what? Friday yeah. night in Ottawa, where the best part of that football game was that it kicked off at five o'clock local time here. And it was done by about Dude, eight. That, that might... So then that you might had... be out of everything I've ever read of yours. That might be your best ever good. <laughs> That's really all I can do. Like, like I read that. I already I'm had like, it written. What the fuck are you going to put out as good? I already had that line written, and then Mary Alfred returned the touchdown. I was like, uh, no, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> 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 so I will give credit to Mary Alfred for being by far their best player, their most dialed-in player, probably their MOP, and just about give them all the awards, even the defensive one. I don't care. <laughs> so there's a sort of unofficial good of that game going to Mario Alfred. Yes, uh, yes, uh, he was good, and it was over enough and early enough in the weekend that yes. you could get on with your day. But I, I think, unlike running into the bombers in Death Star mode, mm. I think this one's lingering more. Yeah, like everyone like, expected them to lose to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think even right, an improved right. Elks team, they had already beaten them twice. It wasn't that bad of a game. This some weird things kind of went against them, and they lost that game. So like, okay, it's, it was it was a bad loss, but it wasn't like a ugh, here we go again kind of loss. It was just a loss, which happens. Yeah. Um, but this Ottawa one was very much a okay. Here we go again because I was I listened to the CJME CKOM post game show after the fact, um, watching college football late on a Saturday night as I do, and. Yeah, it was Jamie Nye and Gerald Davis and Belton Johnson who brought the point that, yeah, they have given up well over 700 yards rushing against in the last three games. <laughs> and they've now lost four road games in a row by a combined score. Don't fact check this of like 406 to 12. And <laughs> it just, and I know Craig Dickinson was asked it after the game. He was like, and it was it was our three down nations, Brennan McGuire, that asked him like, you know, what do you say to the fans? Because you said last week this feels different, but it certainly started to look a lot less like like literally the same as last year. Records wise, teams wise, like everything, you know, the first half went different way, but it was the same point, the same spot last year where it was after the banjo bowl, things kinda went completely sideways. Yep. And here we are again, and it looks the only difference I would say, Craig Dickinson could sit here and say, Stick with us, we're different. To me, literally, the only thing I see different is Jake Dolagala is someone that you can keep around here. Like, I think he's fine. He's not why they're losing, and everything else just feels exactly the same. No, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, and and it, it's amazing watching that game. Uh, I had gone out, uh, Lacey and I had gone out for dinner and drinks that night, so I only really got to see into the third quarter, and... So I rewatched it tonight. I actually was rewatching it on my iPad while, you know, my youngest was watching her TV shows to kind of calm down because mom wasn't in the house. So of course, she was freaking out. Um, 
And I, I want to know, like, you know, you see all these sports movies, and if you've played sports or anything like that, you go in after getting punched in the mouth at halftime, a period break, whatever. And normally your coach gets you fired the fired the F up. You're ready to run through a wall. You're ready to do this. You're ready to go out and stop him in the throat. I would love to know what the hell Craig Dickinson tells his guys. Because it's like the reverse happened. Uh-huh. Like... You had an ugly, really the first in his, really in any of his starts, you had the first really bad decision made by Jake Dalagala. Okay. Uh-huh. I know some people said, well, you probably should have just ran the ball in that spot. Eh. When Dalagala throws the interception, I disagree. I mean, he there's had, enough time I, on the clock. He had barely, I think all of his incompletions came basically after that. Like he was, yes. he was, he, he wasn't lighting the world on fire at that point, but he was efficient. He was throwing well. There was no reason not to put him in that spot, especially considering he had led them on drives late in games before in more critical situations, throwing the ball. Right, right. So and I want to, I want to see based on the graphic uh, at one point before that drive, he was like 14 for 18 with two touchdowns, put the damn ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like those are great numbers. Yeah. Like spectacular numbers. So then, yeah, you've got enough time. You've got the second best kicker in the CFL behind our boy Sergio. You know, you you, you go, you, you take a couple shots, you stretch the field, you make something happen and it, it and he makes a bad decision. He's a young guy, he finally makes a bad decision. It's essentially a pick six. Mm-hmm. The next drive to come out. This may be where I just would have ran it up the gut a couple times. The like the fumble that went yeah. to nowhere. I think that whoever made the decision to keep throwing there, whether that's Jeffrey, whether that's Craig, whoever it is, what are you doing? You just you, you, you just had your young quarterback make a crucial mistake, his first, run the ball a couple times, Hickson had been running it well, go into the locker room with a lead, feeling a little bit better, you're calmed down. Now, you go in the locker room and Craig Dickinson seemingly sucks the energy out of literally every soul in that room. I don't know if he was Buzz Kellington from Family Guy talking about bridges when he should have been talking about football. And I've never seen a team that looked decent in the first, oh, 28 minutes of football look like complete dog shit after. Hmm. Like, like, watch that game on fast forward. It's hilarious. Even on fast forward, you can tell the effort level's not there. Like, and yeah. I think, and I think that's the thing that Craig comes out and says we're different. Yeah, you got different bodies in there. Yeah, you probably got more talent in the room this year. Yeah, you probably got some better pieces. But you still don't play like you give a shit. Nobody looks like they give a shit. You give up seven hundred yards rushing in three games. Ask ask any coach. Runs stopping the run is about give a shit. They yeah. have none of it. Zero. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're talking about the same things every year, last couple of years. Yes. And this is a team. I mean, if you want to look at the big picture, um, so 2019, yeah, they host, they go to the West Final, they host the West Final, everything looks great. Um, you know, Oink. that that could be, you know, there's a number of reasons why that happened. Um, you know, that was the team Chris Jones was building towards for that moment. You know, so Craig kind of had a pretty easy plug-and-play sort of situation there. Uh, you lose the year to COVID, and it's kind of just been a slow downward spiral ever since that 2019 year, essentially. 
Um, you know, yes. they have the wild game in 21 that gets them to the West final, but that was kind of lucky. Um, you know, it's just, it's all going backwards. And yeah. there is at this point, you know, it's, it's a, it's difficult to look at the situation and think that the guys in charge right now, at least in a coaching level are the ones to get them out of it because, you know, you listen to people that go to practice every single day. Mm-hmm. And you ask them about said practices and they say it's like no practice they've ever seen before in professional football and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. They're not out there working on a lot of offense or defense. There's a lot of weird sort of niche special team stuff going on. And there's a lot of, you know, it's just, it's very, it's not very fast paced. Apparently there's just a lot of sort of, you know, it's just, they're not working on the things they should be working on as you would expect a professional football team to work on. And I guess most professional football teams work on. Yeah. And I guess it's been this way for a few years. So, I mean, I used to go to practice every day. I bet if I went to one, I could probably walk in there and right away and be like, yeah, this, this is different. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, Craig Dickinson can talk. uh, He brought it up a number of times in his post game comments about, you know, you're only allowed one padded practice week and blah, 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 blah. When talking about the defense, it's like, well, that's true for everyone. And, you know, most of the league has figured it out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Most of the league yes. isn't having these issues at week 17 or wherever we're at in the regular season right now. <laughs> there, we're at the point in the year where these sort of things that should be fixed in training camp, um, if you're still having these issues in toward October, you're not going to fix them at this point. We've seen this yes. in many ways, in every sort of way, whether it's miss all of the little things that matter throughout the course of a football game room taking penalties, which they had under control for about half the season and seems to be falling off the rails again. Uh, 11 penalties, 123 yards uh, against Ottawa. Yes. Yeah. The one drive specifically was maddening because it they led Ottawa all the way down in the field. That touchdown left them back in the game. At that moment, it was exact moment when you, that's when you knew, because before that touchdown drive, it finally was feeling like maybe the game the Riders are going to win fairly comfortably. Yes. During those first three or did. four drives. That first half of the first quarter, you're like, okay. This is the game. Maybe they'll finally win by 10 or 12 points and everything will be fine. Even until the Dalla <laughs> pick six. I'm calling it a pick six. It basically was that. Yeah. But then, yeah, then they take like 100 penalties in one drive. Ottawa goes all the way down and scores. And you're like, okay, here we go again. They're not going to yep. make this easy on themselves. And sure enough, they didn't. Um, so, yeah, if that's, you know, you can't fix that at this point of the year. You can't fix tackling at this point of the year. You can't fix really much in terms of offensive scheme, in terms of, you know, working your receivers and doing different things like that at this time of the year, quite frankly. 
So what do you do? You're stuck with what you got at this point, and it's it's not good. And it, it hasn't been, and it's the same things we're talking about every single year for the last three or four. And at that point, I mean, they've trained, they've changed out players, they've changed out, you know, the offensive coordinator, they've tried all these different things, and it all feels the exact same thing. So if it's not the players, not the offensive coordinator, where are we sitting? Well, I mean, even though apparently you're not allowed to discuss it or you're not a real fan, I mean, it's definitely well, the head coach. Neither of us but are fans anyway. I, I just want, <laughs> well, 100%. I just want to back, back up for a second, too, as, as this thought sprung to my head as you were making that great point. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a combination of one of the listeners on the Green Zone postgame show brought up, like, how close they've been to basically yes. the worst season ever. And it could two, be like you, two in something right now. Well, and this is the question I posed to you. Where are they without Mar- Mario Alford, who you <sighs> and I both said just give him every single award because he has scored in those first few games where they were winning. Teams knew he was a threat, but were kicking it to him anyways. Mm-hmm. Now you can see every punter out there's now that the punting game isn't just kick as hard as you can and try to get a rouge. Now that they've actually got some skill at that position, thanks to the global draft. You got a lot of guys pinning him up against the sideline, so he can't. He, he's still ripping off returns. Most impressive part about Mary Alford, but one win, two wins without Mary Alford this year, which is which yeah. is like the fact that we're saying this about a punt returner who, yes, can can affect the outcome of the game. And special teams is an equal third of the game, but 100%. you can't rely on a punt returner, kick return, touchdown every single game. And for a while, they were getting that, and they're still getting that. And not winning. Those are essentially bonus points you're being handed, and you're not winning. Yeah. So it's just it's it's, and and the dumbest thing is, because the way this is all going, they're probably making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they're lucky that the Calgary Stampeders seem to be less interested in winning. Um, this race for right. third in the West, and even you know the East, sort of the seeding in the East between two and three. Um, feels like more of a stumble than a race at this point. Um, <laughs> so they're going to get in. The question, I guess, becomes, is it enough? And I know there are people out there who there's kind of mixed feelings right now. I think the general consensus, I think, from most sort of, you know, unbiased pundits who follow this team and, you know, the fans and all that is that Craig Dickinson's days are numbered here. The question is when, not if. And right. there are people and who are saying it should be now. It should have been, I guess, Saturday was probably the day a lot of people would have done it. There are other I, people. I, who... I'm in, I am in that camp. I'm 100% in that camp. And there are, there are other people who think it's basically you might as well run out the year at this point. Um, I don't know where I stand. I could see the arguments for both. Um, I think I think based on what I heard from a lot of fans after that game listening around, I think you almost consider doing it maybe you did it out on saturday not so much to try and win more football games down the stretch but just to send that message to a fan base that is clearly very frustrated yes, in something yes, that yes. i've never in a, in a very different level than just we suck like i have followed this i've covered this team for 10 years now there's yep. some guys that have done it for a lot longer and you know, none of us can remember it being this bad. Like, okay, there was the 2014 game in Ottawa with Corey Chamberlain and everything was really bad about that. But they, there was never a moment of, I'm, you know, I'm giving up season tickets. I'm never going to a game again if something doesn't happen. Like, it was just fire Corey Chamberlain. That's all they were saying. 
Yes, I know right, I said it wrong. Right. I, I, love, I, I, I love that you said it wrong. <laughs> it makes me so happy you said it so wrong. So that's basically all um, that was. This is still, there's mixed in there, but you hear them. And you hear a lot of disgruntled, and the, dis, this, the disgruntled is slowly turning into apathetic, which is even worse. And then we already had the lowest attended game, at least on paper, at New yeah. Mosaic Stadium this past week. Where is it headed? And, you know, the point has been brought up by many that, you know, those that renewed their tickets for three years during COVID to keep the team afloat sort of thing, that price freeze is over after this year. Yeah. And thanks and... to our lovely provincial government, PST is going on tickets next year because most season tickets were purchased before that happened last year. So whether, yeah. so whether the team, like, I don't think the team's in a position where they should be raising prices. Um, so even if they decide not to do that, the government is still going to do that for them. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a decision that people are going to have to make. And, you know, you kind of maybe want to get ahead of that. And if you drag this out with an administration that is very unpopular, that might cost you some bucks. And that's ultimately what Craig Reynolds' job is. Well, and I, I think it, you're right. It will cost you bucks. Um, I think because we've talked about players' losses and coaches' losses mm-hmm. um, and watching how Dickinson has consistently not been able to motivate his men coming out of the room. like And, and to me, Friday's the perfect microcosm of the Craig Dickinson coaching era where you look great. Some bad shit happens, and it just spirals out of control. And to me, that's 100% on the head coach. You know, so I would have been giving him the, you know, hey, we're flying back to Regina. Here's your Uber to your own airport treatment on Friday night. Now, I get it, coaching cap and stuff like that. But, I mean, Kelly Jeffries, I don't know if he's earned the right to take that job, but has been an assistant head coach in Montreal long enough that he has the resume to take the job at least on an interim basis or give it to Jason Shivers or, or whomever. Give it give it to you or me off the street. Like, you're right. Something needs to be done. And I, I'm in the camp that if you want any hope of salvaging this season, you need to do something now. Yeah. Because it's 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 not working. And and Friday was an example of that. Friday was an absolute like how often do you watch football games like you and I watch shitloads of football mm-hmm. and you can generally tell minus when things get really chaotic, who's winning, who's losing. Yeah. Right. I don't think I've ever seen a team that I went, Oh yeah, that first, the again, first 28 minutes of the game, I'm going, the riders are running away with this. This is cruise control night. Put your feet up, enjoy your beverages, have a great night, Saskatchewan to, Oh my God, I've never hit a panic button harder in my life. So unless like, and, and the thing is too, is now the book's out there on them. Yeah. Well, when the, run the, the ball, the book's out on them and there doesn't seem to be much counter to the book. Like it's one thing no. for the book to be out on a team, but generally when the book's out, that's when it's like, okay, the book's out on us. We need to do this instead. We're not seeing this instead. We're just seeing them it, it, continue to try to do the same things. And, and that, again, comes down to it. If they were getting shredded through the air, mm-hmm. that's scheming, that's talent. Yeah, the other team's just that... flat better than you, sure. Exactly. But, I mean, even even if you look at the defense and, okay, they're not great through the air. Okay, you can attribute that to the general manager not putting pieces in place, not putting talent in place. Maybe the scheming's not in place. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Special teams and stopping the run are 100% effort. 
There are two people responsible for effort. The players in that room who are getting paid, you know, a decent amount of money. I'm not going to pretend these CFL guys are rich, but the majority of that roster makes more money than I do. Right? Yeah. Major- majority of that roster makes a lot more money than anybody that's listening to this podcast right now makes. So there's the one person that they got to give a shit because they're getting paid to give a shit. And then you got to have the coaching staff that, you know what, there's going to be days. It's going to hurt. You're not going to want to play. Maybe you had a bad night. Maybe you were out till three in the morning partying and then somehow lost to a team that was out till three in the morning partying by some of our sources. But the people responsible for giving a shit to do the things like be good on special teams and, and to be good against stopping the run, they just don't give a shit. And to me, that's why you need to make you need to make the change because – you and I were joking about this before we started recording. They're probably going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Their worst case scenario is if they fluke out a win against Winnipeg or BC, both teams that or have quarterbacks. God forbid both. <laughs> right? But, I mean, that's it. You're about to run into two teams. Let's face it. The West Division right now, there is two quarterbacks in the West Division that can be real fucking bad in a game. Mm-hmm. VA can be atrocious. Zach Calaris, we've been saying it on this here pod, despite what you say, everybody says on Twitter, he can be real bad, especially come playoff time. Mm-hmm. So this not giving a shit Saskatchewan team can get in with Craig Dickinson at the helm, win two games, and how on earth do you justify firing your coach at that point when you get nuked in the Grey Cup by whoever comes out of the East? Yeah. So that's why well, you make the change yeah. now. You, you can say, if you make the change now, you put Kelly Jeffrey or Jason Shivers in charge, you can rightfully go out and get another guy even if you make it to the Grey Cup game and win or lose because, hey, he's just the interim guy. We, he's not the guy we want. We can go hire whomever. We can go bring in Bob Dice or Paul Lapolis or whoever. Jordan Maximic, yeah. <laughs> Scott Flory. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Scott the Scott Flory one to me. And I'm not normally one that says, go hire you sports guy. I've spent a lot of time with Scott Flory. Scott F- Flory would be the medicine this team needs. The question is, would he want to give up the comfy confines of a uh, sports tenure job? <clears throat> that's that's exactly it. Yeah. At his alma mater, a team that he's basically built to you know end up in a Vanier Cup, right? That's... Oh. Because that's the first thing. That's that's the number one thing. Everybody and and, and, if, and I, I know. Mean, and if they win Can West this year, they've got the Atlantic Provinces in the semifinal. So, so you might as well go to the Vanier Cup. Yep. <clears throat> right. You don't have to play. You don't have to play anybody good. You, you get to beat the X Men. You just you just got to survive the craziness that can be Can West football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like yes, oh, that wow. that is exactly it. Survive Can West, and you get to play a team that you're gonna beat, uh, like the Dolphins beat the Broncos today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why and that's why I am absolutely like rent a billboard, stand in my gitch on Idlewild Drive with a sign above my head, Ooh. all in on the fire, Craig. Fire Craig tomorrow morning train, right? Because what are you going to even now? What are you going to do? You're going to get you're going to get your because now BC's in a dogfight for the bye, so BC's going to give a shit next Friday. Mm-hmm. Like when you thought that okay, well maybe they'll figure it out because maybe they're going to run into a BC team resting starters. No, all of a sudden BC's got a chance to take over first. They're going to want to. They're going to kick your ass on Friday. Then you're playing a Hamilton team that's back in it. Like, yeah, I mean it's another road game, so we know. We know that's going to go at a road game, right? And 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 I mean, cool. you're right. It's it's a weird thing to say out loud, but we talked about it last week. Where this sort of situation they're in is pretty much worst case scenario. 
Like you coming yes. in, coming into this season, you either a wanted them to prove everyone wrong that last year was a fluke and they are in fact a good football team and they go out and win 10 12 games and you know host a playoff game and everything's honky-dory or you want them to completely bottom out because at least you know one way or the other what the decision is now you're kind of stuck especially if they win a playoff game or two you're kind of stuck in this purgatory of okay i mean real and i would give jeremy o'day a lot of credit if he still went through with it considering the way the last two years have gone even if they say get to the West Final or even the Grey Cup, to say, okay, you know, I understand the playoff football is small sample size, random bullshit. You win those games, it really doesn't matter. In the you know, in terms of the direction of your franchise. Yeah. So if he actually went through with it after that, I would give have a tremendous amount of respect for Jeremy O'Day because it is clear in the larger picture, the larger sample size, this isn't working. And, and I, th- I don't think you can overhaul the roster again with the same coaching staff because they've done that. No. Okay. So I'm going to rapid fire names at you right now. We didn't plan this, but I'm going to do it. And you just tell me, stay or go. Okay. Jason Shivers. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If Craig's gone, you bring in the next head coach and then it's going to be his guy. So they're probably all gone anyway. Okay. I I agree with you. And Jeremy O'Day. Jeremy. This is the one I keep going back and forth on. Because I think, you know, the entire coaching staff, let's presume if Craig's gone, they're pretty, they're probably all gone. Maybe one or two of the right. like non-coordinator, maybe a few position coaches and some assistants kind of stick around. Like a, na- a name in Roosevelt sticks yeah, around. like right? something like that tends to happen. Um, yeah. Jeremy O'Day, I keep going back and forth on because I think he tried. He tried to give Craig some different pieces. He obviously mixed it up. He went in on Trevor Harris. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. But, hey, I, I think he's provided some pieces, maybe not to be great, but to be better than they are at least. Well, um, and, and, and obviously he's got something he knew to go get Alford and Bain. Like, mm-hmm. even you look at this 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 dumpster fire of these past two seasons, there's some pretty shrewd moves in there by Jeremy O'Day. They draft well, right? Like, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I, I keep going back I think and forth. O'Day a second coach. Yeah. Well, I, I I hear that too. A lot of people say that Daryl Davis is very on this train of everyone deserves every GM deserves a second coach, and I mean that still applies in my opinion to Brennan Tamman. <laughs> we don't need to rehash that one. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, 90, 99.9% of the time I agree. Every general manager should get to hire at least two head coaches. But I also wrote the piece last year and kind of feel still like Jeremy O'Day made his choice for essentially his second head coach by keeping Craig Dickinson for this season. And, and, and we did talk about that right off the beginning of this season heading into it. So... I can see a scenario where you said, no, you had a chance to make the obvious change last year and didn't. Sorry, but we wish you well. So, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, and it doesn't make for great podcasting, there isn't a hill with Jeremy O'Day I'm willing to die on. If they say we're keeping him, like, okay, I guess he's earned another chance. He's done just enough to scrape by and get that other head coach in a whole other environment. Or if they say, no, we're cleaning house and moving on, I'm also like, okay. <laughs> That's yeah, that's at, kind of where I'm at with Jeremy O'Day. Right. Um, I do like the moves he's made. I like the talent. I think, again, this is just from a guy that watched a lot of football, that played some high-level other sports in my life. Um, Craig's just not the guy. Like, I, I think the worst thing that happened to this team was 2019. Yeah. Craig looked like a genius. Cody looked like a franchise quarterback. 
And we all kind of worked off those assumptions for a year and a half, that flash of the pan year, like, which is funny. I, I, I like, I can't think of another comparable in pro sports. Mm-hmm. Like 2019 was such a flash of the pan that you built around it thinking you had something and it looked like they had something when it turns out you really didn't. So I don't know if I put that on Jeremy O'Day. Um, the group seemed to respond well to having a lax a day. It's like, oh, I don't really give a shit, coach. And now, and I'm not one to say, oh, yeah, bring in some guy that's going to make him go helmet to helmet and practice and do 12 and cut the first guy that fumbles the ball. Like, I get it. Today's athlete is different, but you got to have something in between because, like, mm-hmm. Whatever Craig's doing with his, you know, snowboard instructor practices where nobody's really got any compete level, they're not working on the right stuff. Like, it's amazing to watch teams get better as the season goes on. Mm -hmm. And the riders consistently in the Craig Dickinson era get worse. Even in 2019, they seem to get worse as the year went on. But, you know, just became a doink away from beating the Bombers and going to the Grey Cup. Yeah. And, I mean, that's... You know, this is where the, the team has found itself today. And, I mean, the, the craziest thing out of all this is we've seen it time and time again in the CFL, yeah. I, I I don't think they're very good. I think there needs to be a lot of change. Um, But nothing's preventing them from getting hot at the right time and doing something weird because how many times, like, there's this league has a, you know, a ridiculous history of, I'm sure, the two lost Toronto Argonauts are going to come into the Grey Cup and lose to a team that has, like, <laughs> 10 or 11 losses. What was uh, what was Ottawa's record when they won with Henry Burris? Eight nine and one. There you go. What was Toronto's record? They they won when Pinball Clemens took over as head coach for the rest of the year. I don't remember. Was that something similar, like eight and ten? There's probably been yeah. There's been a number of times like that where that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So like again, they're they're going like pending the greatest collapse I would say in CFL history. They're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, you would need to lose all four of your remaining games, and Calgary needs to rip off a three out of four, including beating Saskatchewan in Calgary. For a minute, I thought that was in Saskatchewan. It's going to no. be way harder. So the Riders get a Calgary team that take all these problems we're talking about and amplify them by 12, right? That's what's going on in Calgary. But again, Calgary's also like... Half their team's on the sixth game, so... Well, I was just gonna say they've yeah. got they've got a six game injured list that makes you know Chris Jones pre practice practice look small, right? And then you get a Toronto team that's not gonna give a shit by I mean Toronto's already resting AJ Ouellette. Yeah. Like, Toronto's already resting guys now, right? So yeah. you gotta you got a banged up Calgary team, a Toronto team, and like you'd so and Calgary still needs to win three out of four. Which, oh God, the, which are the Elks? Which seems like the least likely out of the scenario. Are the Elks going to make the playoffs? No. I don't think they can win enough Could games you imagine? I mean, it would be far better for the league they if they get, did. They could get to seven. It would be far better than the league if they did, just because at least Trey Ford might be fun in the playoffs. The well, thought I, of I, having, I, to, I, having to shove the Riders or Calgary in there doesn't really inspire anyone to for entertaining football game. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. They play a Toronto team that's already resting players on October the 6th. They take on Montreal who, again, is doing what Montreal does, and then takes on an Edmonton or a Winnipeg team that will be also resting players in their last game. So that's it. New hot take. The 7-11 Edmonton Elks will take make the playoffs and win the Grey Cup. 